Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third World Cup Edition. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today alongside Jordan Angeli, analyst for CBS Sports. We're doing a Match Day 1 recap because Group C, D, and E have tapped in to the World Cup, kicking off their first group stage matches. we got a lot to get through. Really quickly, though, we just want to let everyone know. And thank everyone, uh, because we got nominated for another award, uh, nominated for Best Female Hosted Podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. We appreciate everything you all do for us. We hope you all enjoy our show enough to go ahead and nominate us to advance to the final round. So to nominate us, go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up toggle down to the sports category the whole process takes like 60 seconds we've included links in all of the episode descriptions so go ahead and uh, find that click on it and go ahead and vote for us another reminder you can find us on golasso network because attacking third is a network show now mondays wednesdays fridays 4 p.m eastern catch us on Paramount Plus, Pluto TV, CBS Sports app, cbsports.com, on Golasso Network. Lovely little free show that you can just all absorb and get all sorts of women's soccer content. Jordan, they can catch me. They can catch you. I know. How you doing today? I'm good. You said earlier, first day of World Cup, and I'm just, I'm really struggling, Sandra, of how we consider these days. Like, what is a day? I, uh, I feel like it's been six days already. I don't know if you feel like that. they're all they're all blending together. And really, when you just break it down by the matches, we've only had like a handful of matches. And yet it doesn't feel that way. And yet, if you're hanging out like we are stateside, kind of taking this all in, reacting to it all together, 
uh, it sort of feels like those things are all kind of blending in together at this point. But the co-hosts kick things off. We we did a little bit of a recap there. New Zealand and Australia picking up wins uh, in, in Group A and Group B. And then we kind of looked ahead a little bit to talk about the United States women's national team. We did a recap of that last night. That was so much fun. It was great hanging out with you and Lisa to talk about the victory that they had against Vietnam 3-0. And look, spoiler alert, we're going to keep talking about the matches as they go and talk about the score lines and the results. So if you haven't caught them yet on replay or highlights or anything else, just letting you know, we're going to talk about some of that good stuff here. We've got three matches that we want to, to chat a little bit about that took place overnight. We're going to go kind of in the time in which they occurred late in the uh, early wee hours of the mornings. We had Zambia and Japan going head to head to kick things off. And look, I don't, I don't recall if we actually made picks for some of these games, but when it comes to this group, I think there might have been some uh, anticipation and excitement to see this particular match with Zambia and Japan going head to head. Japan kind of consider that contender in this group, maybe next to Spain to, to make their, their exit and get out of the group. Zambia, perhaps maybe the dark horse in, in this group, maybe kind of shake yeah. things up, surprise the right team on the right day. But I don't think it was this day. Final scoreline in this one ended up being 5-0 for Japan. Mm -hmm. Jordan, please, your thoughts. I think you mentioned Zambia being maybe potentially a dark horse, and there was a couple of things that happened right before the tournament that changed a lot of that trajectory for them. Their first string goalkeeper goes out with an ACL just days before the tournament starts, and then Grace Chanda goes out just – I don't even know. Was it yesterday? Again, days. Like hours, right? We're all, it's all blending. Yeah. A couple, maybe just yesterday goes out with an illness. So unable to compete in the entire world cup. So sad because that is a midfielder that they rely on to try to get the ball to Banda. This is a, a team who has a very defined style of play. Um, they are willing to defend, but then they get out and they want to get the ball to Banda, who is just such a good goal scorer. So I think for Zambia, they're they're sad that this is how everything progressed so quickly with these injuries and illnesses. And we'll get to now what they have to deal with going into this second game of the tournament. But I would say for most of this game, they challenged Japan. It was a 30-minute spell where Japan started to score, and they scored four goals in 30 minutes. They get the PK late in the game, right in stoppage time. But up until the 43rd minute, they're not giving goals away. They're getting goals called back because they were offside. That, to me, says you're defensively organized. So I would credit them for that good work defensively. Uh, the Zambian squad is going to cause problems with the way that they can break out and attack. But I think some of their decisions in this game, especially going into the second half when they had to push a little bit more, didn't put them in the greatest position because then there was so much space in behind it for Japan to operate. Well, I, I was curious how, if there were adjustments to be made in this game for, for Zambia, because there's a couple moments here in the first half where Japan is, they're flying, they're cooking. And mm -hmm. they get a couple of opportunities to break through. But VAR comes into play, the offside flags go up. So for a little while there, 
VAR aiding Zambia and kind of the, a na- more narrow scoreline in this in this first half. The breakthrough doesn't come until close to this first 45 minutes as they're yeah. about to head into halftime, right? You're minute, yeah. in it. Like they're staying in it, but but Japan finally gets that breakthrough just before the half. And and maybe that, you know, does something a little bit. We're, we're just touching on all the things that you've already mentioned before mm-hmm. in terms of the mindset going into half. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think if you switch that over to Japan and what they're able to do, this is one of my favorite women's soccer teams to watch. The way they can manipulate space, the way that they patiently progress down the field, they never look flustered. They never look like they're searching for ideas. They just go on with it every little step at a time, like down the field, they're, they're making their way into really good positions. I think early on their pocket attacking midfielders in that three, four, two, one, were really causing Zambia problems. So then Zambia tucked in a little bit and they said, okay, we'll take the wings. And then that's where they really started to find success. They stretched in the channels and that's when the early crosses get sent in by Japan one after another, they get called offside, but then it's Fugino um, finally linking up in the 43rd minute with Miyazawa, who had a wonderful oh. game to just get them off the mark. In the second yeah. half, Zambia brought their lineup a lot higher. Their line of confrontation was higher. Their back line was higher. So now you started to see Japan progress through the middle of the field, that central third through really good passing and timed runs that were offside a couple of times. But once they got that 55th minute goal um, from Tanaka, I think that was her third that finally counted. (laughs) Um, They they were cruising there. So I just love the differentiation of this Japanese squad, how they are willing to let the game present the solutions for itself. And that is not something a lot of teams know how to operate within. They don't know how to recognize. And Japan does. And that is a reason why they are going to be successful, not just in this tournament, but year after year that their intelligence is just one of the top in the game. Yeah, I think it's it's just part of, I think you could look at certain national team programs and for Japan, that's something that sticks out in terms of their footballing culture by by far. It's something I think that we always note and find ourselves talking about in these international tournaments. Um, and they're, they're kind of just football IQ in general. Um, the second half explodes for this uh-huh. team in terms of, of the goals. I think for our NWSL audiences who watch is probably excited to see June Endo get all up in the mix for, oh, for yeah. Japan. But look, I really got a shout out Nagano as well. She spent a brief amount of time with, with North Carolina Courage, but really, really good game from this player as well. Uh, you know, is this uh, something that we can come to expect, I think, from, from these two players inter- as, the, as the group stage goes on? Yeah, it, we've seen really confident June Endo, and I liked the space she was operating in, and it only helps to – we've talked about how important these first games are, how sloppy – you know, we'll probably talk about how sloppy they are as we progress through this uh, specific day of games. Yeah. But if you can settle the game in, and if you can – they got five goals today. They got four different yeah. goal scorers feeling confident that they saw in the back of the net for Japan – they're feeling great about that. So they're sitting in a place where they understand that they can 
punish teams. And this is a, a Japanese squad who I think that was a big question coming in. Don't you, Sandra? Who's going to score? How are they going to score? Are they going to get yeah. goals? Because you can play all this beautiful soccer and Hasegawa is my favorite player on this squad. I talked about her and she believes cup said like, I think I found my new favorite player in the world because <laughs> the way she plays is so beautiful. You know, they can put the ball on a dime. Can you finish it? And here they proved five goals um, and really four of them coming in 30 minutes that they can punish a team if they find a little gap. No, it's a, it's a massive win for them. It Look, the goal differential puts them in first place in this group right now, right? Right with Spain having a, a three uh, zero win against Costa Rica, where they had, you know, massive amounts of the offensive offensive stats on their side, right? It almost kind of looked like a target practice at, at certain moments, but look, that goal differential might come to play, you know, when it comes down to shaking these things out and match day one, I think there's a little bit of a theme here in terms of shaking off those uh, first game jitters, but Japan just looking confident, which I think is probably the huge, um, huge, like, you know, turnaround from maybe those of us who are still kind of have that, um, that memory of them in the She Believes Cup where it kind of took them some time to build over the course of those three games. No hesitation here from them in this opening game. Look, if you love goals, this was the game for you to go back and rewatch. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you like maybe a tense World Cup game, maybe high drama, maybe you loved England versus Haiti, and we have to chat about that as well because, look, the three points go to England with one goal. One goal is what does it for the Lionesses in this one. But you have to take a look at both sides of the ball here. Yes, you're happy to have all three points and start off your group match with the first win. But some things to work on here for the Lionesses as they continue to progress through the group. One of the things I was a little bit surprised about, and I saw it towards the end of the first half, Sandra, is... The Lionesses didn't uh, – Haiti found a little bit of possession towards the end of the first half, and it looked to me like they were conceding that possession, and I don't know if that is what you were saying as well. But even if you're conceding possession, you have to determine where your line of confrontation is going to be, and it felt discombobulated to me from England that they didn't know if the winger was going to go or when the attacking midfielder was going to step into that front line. So – yeah, they weren't high pressing in these situations, but those are the defensive responsibilities that you feel like with this squad should be locked in at this moment. They get, um, they find a penalty on 
that that handball from Haiti. But I've been talking about Haiti. How everybody should be watching out for this team. I had the opportunity to call all of these games in CONCACAF W. Even Haiti's pre-CONCACAF W qualifiers. And there is like a grit and a drive and a tenacity about this team. They've soaked in information, but they also have a a few different outlets where they can punish you in transition moments or through a good bit of skill between the lines from a player like Dumané. I I just feel like they they showed up like we expected them to. And it was so it made me so happy. Look, I think when folks maybe kind of run down the the numbers of this game and you look at how England had most of the possession versus Haiti, I love how it was just smart conceding of this possession by Haiti. They are a team, another team that played with confidence. No, they don't have the five goals behind them like, right. like Japan ended up having against Zambia. But this was a team that was not playing in their first match that looked like debutantes. And I loved that out of this uh, Haiti side look. Dumourne, we've been talking a lot about this particular player looking fearless on this pitch. And I think if you're England, again, you want to say, look, we got this one done and dusted. We've got the three points. But let's not act like this this victory came to them in a comfortable manner. They had some challenges uh, along the way here. And if you're Haiti, I think maybe you have some things here, uh, silver linings or, or, or film that you're going to go over and say we were this close. And if we're this close, we're going to execute in the next game. I, I look for, t- I think in terms of how these t- teams lined up uh, against each other. I, I loved the individual, some of the individual battles that we got to see in this game. I think you have to note Kira Walsh who's one of the best, if not the best uh, defensive middies in, in the world at this, mm-hmm. at this moment, but going up against some of these attackers kind of isolating things and kind of forcing, um, you know, kind of neutralizing her a bit in terms of, you know, being this person to kind of spearhead some some attacks at, at moments. We didn't see that. I think that's probably going to be the main area that Serena Wigman kind of highlights and wants this team to work on going forward. They've had some troubles leading into this World Cup, building in the run of play and establishing these goals, these sort of goals that establish a little bit of fear in oppositions. And I think that's one of my takeaways out of a game like this as well. We've seen the United States now. We've seen Spain. We've seen England. I don't know if there's one of these top you know, five to six, seven, or even top 10 teams that have gone out here and had their match day one, leaving all the other opposition uh-huh. in this World Cup shaking and quaking in their boots. I don't think any of, of these three that we've seen so far ha- have, have done that. In this what you're saying, moment. England, England, Spain. USA, Spain. I don't know, Spain at moments. Look. I, was, I was a little nervous uh, for everybody on their, in their group and maybe even beyond. But I, I understand what you're saying. And I think part of why you're saying that, and one of the things that happens when teams play a low block, which all three of those games are, mm-hmm. right? Very defensive structured mm-hmm. from the opponent. They know that they're going to have to give away the ball and be together as a unit. What happens is as the team with the ball, if you do not have – the quickness off the ball, the off the ball movement, the willingness to run when um, you don't see any kind of openings, trying to pull another team apart, movement of the ball had to be faster. I think you could go through all those times of each three, all three of those games and say, that's what was lacking. Even if it's a low block, you kind of get tricked as a player into thinking, 
oh, we'll find a gap and you you slow down and it gets to be kind of a lull. And that's exactly what the opponent wants. So I would say credit the opponents of doing a really good job of kind of putting these really high powered teams to sleep. They they have to be quicker on the ball. England has, they have the ability. And I, th- I think USA too need that. They, I think Spain showed the movement off the ball versus a low block, but every game that these teams are going to see in, in this tournament are not going to look like that, but you have to have the ability to break that down. And so for England, it all starts with their movement off the ball. I thought it got a little bit better with James in there when James mm-hmm. came in uh, off the bench and even Rachel Daly. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Rachel Daly start in the next match. Yeah. Is that the rotation? Is that the adjustment that we'll see from when going yeah. into, into the next one? Look, because in, in terms of Group D, it gives them the, the three points. But uh, right. we also have to talk about Denmark and China still. So maybe that's a good segue here. This was the game to sort of cap things off if you were viewing things stateside. It was the game that greeted you in the morning as you woke up to, to start your day. But keeping with the theme of match day one jitters, perhaps maybe not the best 90 minutes that we saw from either Denmark or China in this game. This one ends one zero in favor of Denmark. They pick up all three points and it takes quite the amount of time to finally get the breakthrough for these two teams. And it's Denmark essentially at the death getting the lone goal. These two teams what do they have to do to turn things around either against England or Haiti? Both of these teams want the ball and they are good at possessing through the lines. But when I'm looking at this game, if you're watching it, you're thinking, okay, these teams aren't connecting. And then you look at the stats and and they're not, it was 76% possession or passing accuracy for Denmark. So a little bit better than the, the 68% for China. And that's the surpriser for me. I think this, Chinese squad is a lot better at connecting about moving and progressing the ball. Um, but they it felt a little off. It felt like this game just sometimes games have like yeah. hectic energy, just a little bit of hectic energy where you, do, if you do not have someone on the squad to calm you down, then it becomes this back and forth. Like who is going to, who is going to get a set piece and, and the world cups are often, come down to set pieces. I think it was the the men's world cup in Russia that was astronomically like decided on a number of set piece opportunities because the, the stakes are high teams want to perform, especially in this first game. When you can't grasp the energy and take hold of it, then you have to rely and make sure you're good in defensive and attacking set pieces. And it took a while, Sandra, but oh, yeah. Denmark found a way off of a set plate in this game. Is that what it's going to come down to this week? I don't know. Maybe simply finding a way. Look, I love that you touched on on the pass accuracy in this one because it's such a it's such a funny, peculiar stat to me. It's it's one that that I felt I think folks look at sometimes. Say, isn't that amazing? Because the number is so high, and I'm like, actually, that's not very impressive. You should, that's something that you should want. You should want a high passing yeah. accuracy. I think what really stands out of is when it's low. So to, you know, to hear you say like, look, Denmark seventy four percent, China 
67, 68%. That, yeah. That's a tough day at the office. If you're not finding a way to combine mm -hmm. and link up with each other and your teammates uh, to kind of build up over the course of the game. So maybe it's not too shocking when we run down a number like that, that it is a low scoring match, that it ends up sort of coming just at the final minute of the game. Can't play this way, though, moving forward. I ask you your yeah. thoughts on that in terms of players that you want to see more from. I know I want to see more from as well. I know we always get so many of our folks joining us on the live who tend to follow our coverage through the NWSL. Wang Shuan getting into this game in the halftime adjustment for China. Do they need to utilize her more moving forward? I think so, because just from what we've seen in club play, Wang Shuang is a player who, who has the freedom with Louisville to pop up in different pockets. She likes starting on the right, but she floats inside centrally. And I think it really complements this squad well because they have some principles of how they want to move the, the ball up the field. But you can't be too rigid in that. You have to have flexibility. And I love that about the way that Wang Shuang plays. She really understands the concept of, okay – if this run happens, the space is going to be here. So I'm going to be patient in my movement or aggressive, depending on the situation to get myself in that situation. So I can be an outlet. I want to see more of her, but I think we all do. I thought uh, Rike Madsen for um, this Denmark squad came in, caused a little bit of a, a tussle there off of a set piece or a long ball into the box, nearly got her head on it, which is amazing to see her not only get her first world cup, appearance um a, a player for North Carolina Courage but also to see that she is willing to mix it up she is aggressive wanting to uh help her team get a a goal and help them progress through this group stage so maybe those yeah. two players I don't know how much Max no, I'm, here play, but. I'm in agreement with you though when it when it comes to to Wang Shuang I, I I'm curious just sort of thinking of some of her performances with with Louisville, maybe it's it's better to utilize her an asset to build over the course of the 90 minutes versus, you know, being a player that has to come off the bench and provide the spark just because how she how she can kind of be methodical um, at times on, on the pitch and is an asset in in that play. So I'm, I am curious if, um, you know, things like minute management and stuff like that over the tournament, if, if that means hey, perhaps they're going to roll with this player to build over uh, a start versus coming off of the bench. And maybe that will help shake some things up and change things for, for China moving forward. Because you know what? After after these matches, Jordan, uh, it's not going to be an easy group to no. get out of. I, I'm thinking China-Haiti. What do you think about that match? Oh Look, I, I think if I think if after this first match day one, if you're looking at the footage of your group rivals – if you're Haiti, you're absolutely looking at this China team. Oh, yeah. saying, this, is, this is the one. You're saying this is the one where we're going to go out there mm -hmm. and, and change up and shake up some things. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this group ultimately uh, shakes out. Uh, look, the, we're in the group stage, though. There's still, there's still teams that are waiting to tap into this World Cup. That means there's going to be games around the clock uh, for us. It almost feels at this point like there's a little bit of a lull in the day because there's no uh, games happening right now. And the next one that's going to 
take place isn't going to be until 1 a.m. Eastern, which is going to be between Sweden and South Africa. We're also going to get the continuation of Group E with Netherlands and Portugal at 3.30 a.m. Eastern. And, of course, I know this one is on our radar, Jordan. We've got France and Jamaica at at 6 a.m. Eastern. So uh, a trio yeah, a trio of games here that I'm sure will, um, you know, present some interesting things for for folks watching if if they're neutrals in, in this one. I think if you're Netherlands and Portugal, you now know that United States have have those three points. Maybe that puts a little bit more pressure on this game between these two teams. They're two European teams who aren't unfamiliar with each other at this mm-hmm. at this point. And maybe this is the game that kind of tips the scales yeah. a little bit. In the you know what's interesting, too, is I think that's going to be so much better of a game. Netherlands, Portugal, like both of those teams are going to come after each other and they're going to try. They're going to open up. They're going to there's going to be more space. So we're going to see a lot from both of those teams, whereas those teams didn't see a lot from the U.S. The U.S. didn't show many of their cards because yeah. of the way that the game presented itself. Yeah. I think they're going to have to show some cards and say, okay, this is how we operate when we're playing, uh, when this is where the space is presented, or when we're playing against a four-three-three. These are the places that we like to progress the ball. I think I'm, we might. See, I, I think we might see some goals in this game. I hope so. I think. I think. Look, I, I think Japan. I kind of shook the world, you know, up a little bit, and like, hey, there's going to be goals in this in this World Cup. Don't don't worry. You know, there's, there's been a couple of, you know, they've been mostly narrow. You know, we had a scoreless draw, right, with Nigeria and and and, and Canada, with the exception of, of Spain and in the United States, the the three zeros. You know, in Japan now with the five zero, they've been mostly obtainable. You know, games, narrow oh. games that you can kind of chase. So we I'm, still I'm, have not seen both teams score in a game. Yes, that's what's missing. I think. What is wild? Folks want to see the you know the chaotic energy. The if it's gonna be a draw, why not make it two two, right? Yeah, or if it's gonna be a win, why not you know the the six the six goal scoreline with the you know three three or three two, you know something like that. So I, I I there's just something about this game with these two where maybe they're gonna really come out and go after it and, and try to rack up uh, the points. I, I'm also really excited for France and Jamaica. Curious where uh, Samuel Baka lies in terms of coming out of that very early friendly against mm-hmm. uh, Australia is she gets to go what's the lineup going to be like for for her Bernard to go up against Jamaica the reggae girls at their second official World Cup I mean look we we touched on off-field issues a little bit with with Zambia having to go up against Japan but Jamaica no strangers to to that unfortunately going into a, a second successive World Cup at this point they're no longer debutantes though so maybe right. that's a little bit of an X factor for them going into this one they they know what to expect maybe those jitters aren't going to be there for for this team so I'm, I'm hopeful that this one gives us some exciting highlights as well maybe a draw even i would consider that a little bit of a victory for for the radio but, but you want two two you want one one oh, yeah. want, what if all lose. what if all of them are are just are just high scoring draws i don't know if that's going to be the case with with sweden and south africa though yeah um, but but i am i am very curious to see how uh, south africa uh sort of presents their level of play mm-hmm. against uh, against Sweden moving forward. But um, all of these matches taking place through Sunday, so make sure you take a look at it. Group, um, the group stage for match day one 
will actually conclude uh, on Monday. So all of the groups will have officially played at least one group match by the conclusion of the of the games on Monday. So we'll have an even better picture of what to anticipate or expect heading into match day two. But right now we're kind of reaching that halfway point and there's still, still some unanswered questions around some of the teams as they're building over the course of this group stage. Make sure that you're subscribed Locked in to attacking third because you know we got you covered. We're going to be recapping the games. We're going to give you our thoughts, our reactions. And, of course, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. You can subscribe and download. You can follow us on YouTube to get alerts for whenever we go live at YouTube.com slash attacking third. But make sure you are locked in to CBS Sports Golazo Network on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays where we really sink our teeth into all things women's soccer. That's a wrap for today. We will be back with more. So stay tuned for Sandra Herrera and Jordan Angeli. This was Attacking Third.